So here we are. We're in 2020. We came out of our first 20 years, a beautiful, great 20 years of Bethel 1.0, and it was prophesied by multiple men and women of God, as well as me, in November. Coming into this year, we were moving into Bethel 2.0, the next 20. But beyond that, a minimum of double, which is going to be way more than double. And then God said, look, 2020 is going to be a year of of a quantum leap of supernatural advancement through clarity, growth, and vitality. We just kind of shortened it up because clarity, growth, and vitality will probably always be part of this ministry because that's the process to access and to bring the words and the things of God to action in your life until you get a vision of it, until you get it clear. Without the vision, my people perish, God said. You got to get clarity. And then when you get clarity, you got to mature yourself in understanding to get wisdom and knowledge. You got to receive the word, read the word, pray, set under anointed teaching and revelation. And what's happening? That, that's growing. And then you move into vitality. That's, that's the life part of it. That's the part where it manifests. And I believe this third event, every event's gotten greater. I think we had 90 in the first one, 110 or 15 in the second one. And it doesn't really matter so much about the numbers, you know, but what it is is everyone is built, built, built. I can't wait for Saturday. I wouldn't miss it if I were you. It is going to be an amazing, amazing day. The reason we do these immersion events, you grow better under a gushy. You, go be- you grow better when you're just like a, a fire hydrant is pouring revelation into you for nine hours. Really, it'll be about eight hours. But here's the cool thing. Josh McCutcheon's going to be here next week. Amen. Josh, you know, was our worship pastor for a number of years here. He's a worship pastor down at Mega Church in Oklahoma, but we're bringing him back. He's going to cap the night off with about 30 minutes of worship uh, Saturday and be with us and do worship with me. And usually when he's here, I usually flow in the prophetic, just to give you a hint. Uh, so he's going to be worshiping, and I'm going to be preaching, and we're going to have a time. Everybody say, Gushing! So, so, so here's what's happening. Whatever you, we got this process, that's the process to manifest the quantum leap advancement that's getting ready to happen in your life. Now, let me help you. Every revelation is ordained to affect change in some area of your life. Every re- the revealed word of God, the uncovering of God's thoughts, his mind, his heart, is always coming for a purpose. God does not reveal a truth without a purpose behind the truth. And anyone in this room can receive any prophecy that's given if you will just put your faith out and focus because when God, God is no respecter of persons. If he heals one, he'll heal the other. If he blesses one, he'll bless the other. If he'll, if, if he'll encourage one, he'll encourage the other. So Bethel 2.0 is not just a church thing. Bethel 2.0 is your 2.0. Say my 2.0. You're, say I'm going to my next Mm, okay, so why? Because you're the church. You're the bride of Christ. Now, what's the scripture for this year? Ephesians 3, verses 20 through 21. I'm taking you somewhere. It says, now in him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what all we ask or think. So if I'm going to walk in another revelation, then that revelation needs to be something that is beyond my thinking. 
If it's in the realm of my thinking, it's not revelation from God. It's just knowledge, information. But what happens is whenever God releases his revelation and I tap into it, what does it do? It reveals his plan and purpose and it produces results after its own kind. So what happens when revelation comes, just like it says here, according, it says, exceeding uh, by all that we ask or think, it should be think or ask. I think the translators probably got that wrong. Because here's the key. You can't ask beyond what you can think. You can't ask beyond what you think. How can you ask for something if you don't think about it and know what you're asking for? Hmm. Beyond what you ask or, th- ask or think what? According to the power, the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of God's Spirit, the power of His Spirit, what? Working in us. That word power comes from the Greek word dunamis. It means power like dynamite to break away, to annihilate, and power like a dynamo, which is a power dynamic, which is a transference of power. Like we take water, heat it up, steam, and it transfers power and produces electricity. It's like a D9 bulldozer with this big two-ton blade out there, a guy sitting up here with his fingers moving it. You know what? There's a little one-inch line that runs up the full of hydraulic oil with a little pump the size of my iPad, and if one of those break, you can't lift that big two-ton. They'd have to get another dozer to lift it to work on it, but because of the dynamics, the dynamo, of the pressure from this little pump going through this little one-inch line is so forceful, it raises a two-ton blade. See, it takes a lot less to get you where you need to be. You just don't think right. Stinking thinking produces death. When you are focused on what's lost, what's missing, and what's broken, you can never think and speak and ask for the fulfillment of what plan God has for your life. Hmm. So it's that kind of power, dunamis, dynamo, dynamic power that works. Where? Where's it working at? In my neighborhood, you know, in my job. Lord, change everybody at work. He's got to change you first. To who? Him, God, be the glory, doxa, manifested presence, God made visible, God seen. Where? In the church. Well, Lord, just bring unity in the church. Well, he can't have unity in the church until you have unity in your life because you the church. Look to your neighbor and say, you the church. To him be glory in the church, what? By Jesus Christ you know, to the people in the book of Acts. No, to all, everybody say all. all. Look at this, all generations, how long? Forever and ever and ever. So that's proof when God gives a revelation, Jessica, it's forever. Gushing is forever. It's a new standard. So what you gotta realize, that, that, that is alignment, alignment with quantum leap. We're taking a quantum leap into our 2.0. Everybody say nothing less than double. Now, too many of us let go of our dreams when pressures and troubles hit. When we miss it or someone else misses it and causes us harm or 
causes us heartache, we give up. We say, well, it must not have been God. Wow, it's too painful. Well, I'm glad Jesus didn't give up on Calvary because it was painful. <laughs> so so, so how, mu how much is too much? I I'm glad uh, Stephen didn't give up on God when they were stoning him. It was painful, but he became a great martyr for God. I'm glad Peter didn't give up on God when they crucified him upside down. I'm glad Paul didn't give up on God. When they crucified, when they killed him, murdered him, right? So, so, so you win either way. You can't lose when you're in the plan of God. The key is you got to determine what losing is. You got to define what losing. Some people are winning and some people are, but they don't see it as a victory because they define victory as something that's not even attainable or victory is being described as something else over here. See, you're the one that's got to think what victory is for you. One man can make $1,000 a week and, and call that victory. Another man would call that a failure. One man could make $10,000 a week and, and call that, man, my life's changed forever. Another man says, I'm going to lose everything I got. One man can make a million dollars a week and go, wow, man, I've hit the big time. The other guy goes, my God, if I don't get 10 million, I won't have a business in any country I, I have a business in. You see, it's all relevant to you. You are limited by your thinking. See, see you, know, you know, we don't want to take responsibility. Well, God's just not hearing my prayers. Maybe you're just not praying the right prayers. Prayer is what? Communing. Being in communion, one with God, communing and conversing, having conversation with God, then it's asking and receiving from God. Most Christians, 99% of Christians, stop at asking. Done it. I communed. I had conversation. I asked up to God to move. No, 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 no. You got to receive it. So, 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 so bring your keys up here now. I mean, get up, come up here real quick. Come on, stand right over here. Let's get up here and stand. Okay. Naomi, I just know and believe you have keys for me. And I'm asking you in Jesus' name, Lord, Lord, just move in Jesus, your name, Lord, and just reach those keys, bring those keys. You know I need those keys in my life, Lord, and I just receive them now. I just ask now, God, can I have those keys in Jesus' name? Can I have those keys? Hold, them, hold your hand out and give me the keys. Okay, just hold them right there. Lord, I don't see the, Lord, I don't have the, Lord, I prayed in your name. I prayed with faith. I fasted. I, Lord, bring those keys now in Jesus' name. Lord, I know the, my answer's so close. I, I can see it. I, I can almost touch it. I, receiving is not receiving until you receive. Thank you, Naomi. Anybody ready to receive? Yes. I say, is anyone ready to receive? Yes. So if you want to receive revelation, you gotta reach out and take it. If you wanna receive your healing, you gotta reach out and take it. If you wanna receive a financial breakthrough, you gotta reach out and take it. Nothing happens sitting around. You'll work so hard in your job and so hard in your career to make enough to get by. But the place where you could bring the greatest quantum leap that would transform your income, your career, your relationships, your health, and everything else, 99.9% .9 of Christians spend the least amount of time. 
I don't have time to pray. <laughs> Write that one off. I mean, I don't have, I can't be at church every Sunday. Write that off. Well, I, I, I mean, I can be at church and I can pray a little and I can give some, but I, I, I can't, I, I can't be in one of those connect groups. Who's got time for that to jibber jabber around? Write that off. You know, it's like that old joke years ago. I told this for 25 years at least. You've heard it if you've been here a while. You know, the old man that's in the house and, and the big flood's coming and they're evacuating everyone, right? And it's coming up in his front yard and he refuses to leave. All the neighbors have left. They're, this is the big one that's coming. It's going to wash everything away. I'm fine. I'm not leaving my house. Never left for a flood yet. God will deliver me. He'll take care of me. And then uh, it gets up into his front living room, his porch, and they come up in a little boat, and they say, sir, the, the, the report's going to get way worse. going to wash your heart, house away. You, That's all right, son. God's taking care of me. My Lord shall deliver me. Okay. They come back later, and here he is. He's up on the roof of his house, hanging on. Water's running under his roof. And a helicopter comes and drops a ladder. Sir, grab the ladder. That's all right. My God shall deliver me. And they leave. And the man goes to wash away and dies. Drowns. And he meets St. Peter, and he said, welcome in. And he comes in. He said, well, I just got one question, St. Peter. He said, well, what? He said, why didn't God answer my prayer? What do you mean answer your prayer? I prayed. Every time I prayed God delivered me, he delivered me. But this time, for some reason, he didn't. He said, what do you mean, dummy? So they brought a four-wheel drive truck to deliver you. They brought a boat to deliver you. And God sent a helicopter to deliver you. And that's the way Christians are. You got all these deliverances around you, but if you can't see them, if you don't have revealed knowledge, why did Saul persecute the church and kill men and women and imprison them because they were Christians? But one experience with God, he went, got Jesus, he encountered Jesus, and he was knocked off his donkey. He was knocked on his on the ground. He's knocked off his donkey and when he hit the ground, the Bible says scales came over his eyes. He is blind. And then it took some time for him to go over and he knew it was Jesus. He called him Lord, but it still took some time to get the scales off his eyes. God had to use a, a little prophet named Ananias to come and pray for him. When he did, the scales dropped off and Saul became Paul, the great apostle. But here's the key. He couldn't do it until he could see it. It had to be revealed to it. And so what's happening every Sunday and in Connect Group and in our Edge Groups, which is our core calls, and, and in these immersion events, it's opportunities. Like, like Jessica said, man, I had it here. I got this much, and then I got that much. What happened? It keeps working. The more, that's why, that's why it's a standard now, and you stay in that pattern, you're just going to keep moving, and you're going to keep growing, and you're going to evolve in to the best you that God has that could be on this planet. Now, say nothing less than double. So, so many people give up on their dreams too soon. But what they got to realize, obstacles are simply proof you're pursuing the right dream. Without an obstacle, how could it even be anything that's worth accomplishing? No pain, no gain, right? So, too often we settle for the ordinary instead of the extraordinary. When you go into a quantum leap, that's not just a few degrees in to the better. A quantum leap is going from ordinary 
to extraordinary. Now, your ordinary now would have been extraordinary to you a year ago, five or ten years ago, maybe. But just think, God's going to just wrap it up in one year and put you in a whole other realm. Ephesians 2, 6, and the Amplified says, Amplified says this, because I want to talk to you a little bit to get your thinking right. I'm going to give you a little refresher course on something I've shared with you over the years because you've got to understand your spiritual position, that you have the right to have a quantum leap adventure with God. Ephesians 2, 6, the Amplified said he, he raised us up together with him and seated us with him in heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. So what's it saying? The writer is saying, God, whatever we gave our lives to Christ, we are in Christ now, the hope of glory, right? We're born again, we're blood-bought. We are in his family. We are his little brothers and sisters, and we are now in him and in his inheritance. And, and the scripture says that God, would he raise Christ up every time someone comes to Christ as a, as a Christian, we in our our authority and position are raised up together with him at the throne of God. So think about that. You have been raised up. When you, gave your, when you were born again, you became a new creature, the Bible says. Old things passed away and what? All things become new. But you can't live one foot on the throne and one foot on the ground. You've got to decide where are you going to plant yourself. Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what the Scripture says or the report of your circumstances? Psalm 82, verses 1 through 2. Listen to this. It's a rock. If you're new here, you might get think we're a little squirrely, but that's okay. You'll stay squirrely if you don't stay because I'll get you free. But anyway, Psalms 82, verses 1 and 2. God stands in the congregation. Where's that at? Among the church people, right? He stands in the congregation of the mighty. I don't even think he wastes his time with low-energy places that don't have any spirit or anointing. He loves them, but why is he going to waste his time? They don't see him there anyway. But anyway, I'm not putting churches down. I'm putting religion down. He raised who? Us up together with him. Now, Psalm, well, verse 1, God stands where? In the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. Wait a minute. It's little g gods, not big. But he judges. Now, who's he standing among? Huh? Who? And now, who's he calling little gods? I don't know. I'm just saying, who? Okay, just, just say. How long? He says this. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Selah. The word selah in the Hebrew means ponder. It, means, it is ponder. It means to meditate on. What does God want us to meditate on? What does God want us to meditate on? He goes on and talks about it down there in the next verse. But what he's talking about is, is you are judging unjustly. He's not talking about going out and judging sinners. He's talking about you are judging unjustly my power to deliver you. You are judging unjustly my authority I've given you and seated you in to deal with stuff. You put stuff on the altar. You put disease up here. You put pain and suffering and hurt and brokenness. And you put uh, all of these lusts and addictions up on the throne where you're supposed to be. I'll prove it's on the throne because it's on your mind. 
Did anybody realize your mind is not your tail? Your mind is not your tail. Your mind is not your knee. Your mind is not your foot. Isn't it interesting? God could have put your mind in your knee. But he didn't. Your mind is a seat, a throne. And until you put your mind on the throne of God in Christ, the hope of manifestation, the hope of glory, anytime my mind is down in the drugs of my problems, and my, that doesn't mean I don't acknowledge them and put a plan together and get counsel, but I don't let them become my God. Let me ask you, do you worry more about your bills than you do worshiping God? Are you more fearful of what's going on with your kids than you do give attention to God and how he can use you to make a difference? See, who's on your throne? Write that down. I need to do a series, who's on your throne. That's good right there. Don't nobody steal that from me. Who's on your throne? Because it's your throne. It's your mind. You determine what goes in that mind by what you hear and what you watch. That's why Romans 12, 2 says, what, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind through God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. It didn't say through working out all your problems and junk. He said, if you'll get focused on my good, acceptable, and perfect will, your junk will get washed away. It'll be such a gushing, such a force such a quantum leap your junk can't even grab hold of your shirt and hang on long enough to go with you you're going to move so hard and fast that they will, they'll have to ask you what your name is it's like me for years when I would go back home and a lot of people that knew me and grew up with me teachers and different things they go my goodness just look at you. I can't believe you're a preacher I just can't believe you're I, I really can't believe you're alive and I definitely can't believe you're not stoned out of your mind or messed up. But look at you. You're a man of God. And they're just, they just look at me and go, my God. I mean, it's funny looking at somebody like, man, that Dalton boy, whoever thought that Dalton boy would be alive, let alone be a preacher. But see, I put someone different on my throne. In the seat of authority that directs and determines everything about my life, I had to put my throne on the throne with Christ. In other words, Jesus, God said that he has already, every born-again believer, raised us up together in Christ. Christ is at the right hand of the Father. But it's like those keys. If I don't receive that revelation, then I don't think about it. And if I don't think about it, how can I execute it? Now, we want the attributes of what that is, we want the attributes of Christ. We want his power. We want his authority. We want his favor. We want his inheritance, all that. But, but, but do we want Christ? You see, you got to watch people that want you have versus people wanting you. And we need to be people that want Christ. And the attributes come with it. Helping a brother out. What am I doing? Oh, thank you, sir. Oh, wow. Thank you, sir. Amen. You're awesome. Um. So as we see this, who stands among us? Thank you, sir. Who stands among us? Who stands? God is saying, I'm in the midst of you right now. And you whining, Lord, where are you? I thought you was going to move in my situation. And he's rattling those keys of authority. 
Matthew's gospel, right? Was it 16? Says that I have given you the keys of the kingdom. That whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven shall be loose on earth. So you from this point have the authority what you think than what you speak. What you think and what you say. What you think and what you say. What you think and what you say. And what you think and what you say. And what you think and what you say. The reason you say the wrong thing is because your thinking is wrong. You'll sit there and get a prayer partner and sow a seed for your healing and all week long you're talking about your medication and how bad that hip really hurts. Nobody knows the suffering I've seen. Who's on your throne? Nobody knows the problems and the trials I've seen. Oh Lord, if they just knew how much I suffered and I still praise him. Who are you praising? You've testified more about the devil and his throne than you have God's throne this week. Who's getting glory in your life? You, because you're such a, you know, a martyr. You could have been dead a minute ago if God took his hand off you. The devil would love to kill you. But you're, you're too good of a prophet for him. He ain't going to kill his own prophet. Who's on your throne? I didn't say you won't go to heaven. I just said you'll go there sick. Broken, tired, offended and hurt and wounded. You'll probably have the mansion next to the person you're offended to. You might be their butler or maid. You never know. Truth. I'm going to help you in a minute. Look to your neighbor and say, Pastor's going to help you in a minute. Somebody said, I hope so. I'm dying now. Here, 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 here's what he said in verse 3. Because it said, how long will you judge unjustly? He didn't say judge right. Right is a matter of opinion. Wrong is a matter of opinion. Depends on who you're with, what their mindset is. But justice is always the same. Justice, when you're talking about righteousness and the justice of God, is different than man's justice. God's mercy is different, thank goodness, than man's mercy, right? And so he says, you've judged all wrong and show partiality to the wicked. He said, think about it. Then in verse 3, it says, defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and the needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. They do not know nor understand because they're not in the congregation. <laughs> they walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. I said, you are gods. Who's he talking about? Us, the congregation. And all of you are children of the Most High. So he's not talking about angels, right? He's talking about his children. Is anybody a child of God in here? But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Look at this. Arise, O God. Who? You? Arise, O God. Judge the earth, for you 
shall inherit all nations. Who is on your throne? Well, it's real easy. Who do you think about? What do you think about? Whose vision do you think about? Maybe humanity, you, your mind, your needs are on your throne. Maybe your legacy. Man, if it was God's legacy through you, it'd be different than your legacy, no matter how cool you think your legacy is. Well, you know, I'm just going to be faithful with my spouse forever, and we're going to be debt-free and leave a legacy of finances to our children and be good, honorable, upstanding parents, and, and then when we die, you're gone. That's right. You die, you're gone. That's your legacy. Now they get lazy because they don't have to work because you spoiled them. But anyway, seriously, very few people who are wealthy can truly transfer wealth. Transferring wealth is not transferring assets. Listen, you judge unjustly. In other words, you're judging like the princes do. You're judging like your community and your world and your politics. Oh, I can't wait to get on politics. Your politics. Your religion. I, I ask you, he said, now look at this. This is real simple. Let, let the preacher boy read real slow for everybody. Say, Gertrude, he's kind of demeaning me. Yeah, I am because it must be you because you're the one thought of it. So anyway, who's on your throne? Anyway, so. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and the needy. But we're still struggling. Is it God's will for us to even get 10% of what we have to do that? When's the last time you thought of the widow who didn't have heat this week? When's the last time you thought of the needy that doesn't have a roof over their head? When's the last time you thought of someone that couldn't afford medication? When's the last time you went, gave something to someone that had to choose medicine or food in their country? That's it, Pastor. You go get them. I, this is not a political party. This is justice. This is what the church, we wouldn't have to worry about politics if the church did what we were supposed to do. Who's on your throne? Is it you advancing in your career? I didn't say don't be successful. We teach that here, be successful. I didn't say, you know, don't get out of debt and throw your money. We teach you to be financially fiscal. I didn't teach you and say, well, you know, just forget everything in church. We just need to be every Sunday. I didn't say that. I just want to know who's on your throne. Who's on, this is your throne. Who's on your throne? Who's, who's on your mind? What if you just, during the day, Every time you, your train of thought changed from something, you went, okay, you know, task at work. Okay, got to go to the bank. Okay, oh, Lord, what's the interest on that car payment again? Okay, maybe it'll come next week. Okay, maybe I could really get this body healed if I put my faith out there. What are you thinking? Because whatever you're thinking has your attention. And when it has your attention, it has your heart. Oh, really? You don't think that? You quote that scripture all the time. Anybody know the scripture I'm talk, talking about? As a man thinketh, so is he in his heart. I have a heart for God. Okay, let's open your checkbook up, or let's open your account now. Let's look at your check card. Go ahead and look at your account. 
I have a heart for God. Okay, let's look for who you're praying for. I have a heart for God. Have you done any kind deeds or acts for anyone other than yourself or your family? I don't know if this is a way to grow a church, but it's a way to grow the kingdom. Jesus only needed 12. And one of them was a traitor. So, I mean, I think we can make it with, you know, whatever we need. But we don't want to build on a false foundation. Hmm. Say this with me. Say, there's things you have to say and things you pray. Things you say and things you pray. We got a lot of people saying things, but they're not praying. And we got a lot of people praying, but they're not saying things. Uh-huh. What do you mean, preacher? The word in the Greek language, say, is epo. It means to declare or make a petition. When it says say, it's talking about to declare or make a petition. When you make a petition, what do you do? You write it out and you make that petition because you want to get something turned or something put in, so you got to make it very clear and, and, and relevant, right? What you got to say is, so it's one thing, you'd be praying to be healed or praying for your kids to be lost or whatever that, to get saved, but the key is what are you saying? Because God says you are a God in the congregation. You're a little God in the congregation, his children, and what you say has greater authority than what you're thinking. What you say has greater authority than what you feel. What you say has greater authority than your circumstances. What you say has greater authority than your enemy. Because actually, if the enemy's not up here on your throne, he could be where he's supposed to be, under your feet. But the key is, where's your enemy? But, but I tried that. Well, you quit when it hurt too much. I tried that, and I gave up on God. Now I'm back trying again. That's good. Keep trying. Keep coming. But what I want you to get is just stop quitting. Just stop quitting. What if you just made your mind up never to quit again? Never to quit again, no matter how much. If God said it, I'm going to push, I'm going to press, and he'll just take me on home while I'm doing it, I guess. What if you just made your mind up? See, see, people say, my God, you know, all these preachers, I think it's, I don't know what, I don't want to get off on this, but there's a high number, 85% of preachers quit, pastors quit ministry by the time they're 50. I refuse to be part of that group. I pray for them and I love them, and I was almost there. I ain't going to criticize them. I know what it's like, but, but I allowed something to creep up on the throne that wasn't God, right? So, so what I'm saying is it doesn't matter if you're a pastor, a prophet, a prophetess, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Christian. See, see, all of us have the same devices to work with. All of us have to have the same willpower, the same decision-making power. God's no respect for persons. We have to be, we have to have the right information on our throne so we can put our mind and heart on the throne of God and get his result. Say this, say things you say and things you pray. Let me wrap up with this. The word God, Elohim, is small God, is the same in the Hebrew, and here's what it means. It means speak into the moment or to create a moment. It's the, it's the God anointing to speak into the moment, to create a moment. So you create because your inheritance is a creator. You're a child of the creator. 
So therefore, why would you not create? Right? So you and your inheritance, how do I create? By what I ponder, what I meditate on, by what I think about, by what I say. You ever said something so long, but I'd never do it and say it, and you know it's stupid, I'd, and then you do it, and you go, I can't believe I did it. You said it too much. You said it till you believed it. But what if you started saying things that God said about you and look in the mirror and read those things, what God says about you, and release the creative Elohim anointing that's on your life and let it begin to create new relationships and new opportunities and new mindsets and wisdom and help. What if? What if? You have God as creator and he made us in his image. That word means mirror or magnified, imagio. We're to mirror, to magnify, to reflect God. And it's about God's perspective. Now, we taught you how God has assigned angels to me, not for me in the past. Hebrews 1.14 in the Amplified says, and this will just be some scripture for you to get down and listen to the podcast. Are not all the angels ministering spirits sent out by God to serve, accompany, protect those who will inherit salvation? Of course they are. Revelation 1, 5 through 6. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins with his own blood and has made all made us kings and priests, to his God and Father, to him be glory and ever, dominion forever. Thank you, Lord. Now, I'm getting ready to do something. We are kings in the kingdom of God. We have the authority to put angels to work. See, they're just sitting around waiting on you. Like Pastor Bill said, they're asleep and embarrassed that they're on your team. You've got to wake up and start seeing those angels. You've got to start speaking to those. Well, that's weird, speaking to angels. It's weird to speak death where God spoke life, but we do it. So it's up to us. If we want to get our inheritance when we pray, then we also need to speak and release angels that God has assigned to our life to go forth and manifest as ministering spirits to bring those things to us so we can do what God's called us to do. That comes through speaking. I can't call something if it's not really who I am. You ever had somebody try to be something they're not, and you go, you're pretty smart, and you're really elegant. That's not who you are, right? So it's real critical that we don't speak something we're not, right? But in public, but we start speaking it in private because God said it until we, we get that maturation to do it. So here's what I want to do. So here's the key. I speak who I am. Say, well, I said that, but that's not really what I meant. Oh, you meant it because you said it. We speak who we are. If you see yourself as ugly, you can be beautiful, but I just then that's who you think you are. You can have someone that's not very attractive. They always have the most, you know, attractive guy or attractive girl they date. How in the world? Because they don't see themselves unattractive. They see themselves as hot. And apparently they is. And you not, I guess. I don't know. 
Because it's not about your physical makeup. It's about your heart and, and, and what you portray and who you really are. You have the power to create. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. And get this, you speak from your position in Christ. Stop speaking from worry and fear. Stop speaking from where you are trying to inch to the next place. Speak from a higher power, the throne of God, because he said you were with him in Christ right there. And here you are sitting there, everything and everyone else under your feet that's not of God, but you're sitting on the throne and you've got that stuff, but you're living on a throne that's lesser because that's where your mind is. That's where your belief system is. So what if we began to pray and say things differently? So here's what we're going to do. I don't know if we'll get to all seven of them. Put the first one up here. We're going to make some prayer proclamations. I want you to stand with me. Stand with me and focus. I want to show you the power in words, getting the right word. So over the seven days of prayer, myself, Steph, did the last day, but I go on every day. And uh, I don't know, there was 100 or so viewers each day, I guess, by the time it's done on our private group page, like I told you I'd do last week. And I just pulled a few of those prayers, but I want us to speak this as a congregation. So I'm gonna, I want you to say it with me. Prayer number one, put them up right over here. Can you see them? So you have to look one way or the other. I wish we had it there, but that's the way the computer's set up, right? So I want you to say this with me. Everybody say here. Prayer number one. Father. Thank you for confirming supernatural advancement in every area of our lives through clarity, growth, and vitality, prophetic agenda of 2019 in the Bethel family. Now here, before we read the scripture, here's what you realize. You always enter into God's presence first, what? The gate of thanksgiving. You, anytime you pray, you begin to thank God. Don't start making your requests, right? Read this with me. The scripture, 1 Kings says this. Then he said, praise to the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his own hand has fulfilled what he promised with his own mouth to my father David. Now, is God any respecter of persons? If he fulfilled his promises for his son David, will he fulfill his promises for you? Yes. Now we're going to pray. Now you can say, that's what you fill your mind with. That's what you fill your mind with. Then you begin to speak. Raise your hands to heaven as I pray for you. Father, we just thank you. We come together as a congregation, and we worship you and honor you. We come with a heart of thanksgiving, Father. We would not have life or breath or anything except for you. So today we give you thanks. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your son. We thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your hope, your justice. And God, we thank you that you gave us a prophetic word that we would have supernatural advancement through clarity, growth, and vitality in 2019. God, you superseded what any of us ever thought as a church family and as individuals. And we give you the praise. We give you the thanks and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Does anybody believe that? Come on, does anybody believe that? Let's go to number two. 
And it's important for you to read this. Just, you don't even have to be a believer to do this. And you'll feel the power. You, you, you cannot even be a believer and you'll feel the power of God if you'll do this. Say this, prayer number two. Father, by the revelation of your word, quickly, quickly, quickly fulfill the 2020 quantum leap, supernatural advancement, prophetic word in the life of every Bethel family member. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly. For I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Woo, man, oh man. Woo. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for revelation. We thank you that you are a God that fulfills things suddenly, gushing forth, coming forth. God, we thank you you're setting a new standard in our hearts and our minds. We're setting a new standard on our throne and we're putting our mind on your throne. God, move forward with the quantum leap, supernatural advancement in every area of our life so we can be greater difference makers for you and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Is this, is this helping anyone? Is this helping anyone? Let's go to number three. Let's go to number three. Keep it up when I'm praying. Don't take it down. Keep it up when I'm praying, okay? Number three. Is this working? Uh, put it in the monitor too if you don't mind. Number three. Prayer three. Father, Father. continue to send Continue to send us the reign of your word. Us the reign of your word. Of wisdom that produces. Of wisdom that produces. A quantum leap. Quantum leap. Supernatural advancement. Of testimonies. Like Jessica's testimony. Like Sherry's testimony. Hmm. Attracting multitudes to Bethel this year. Do you want to see multitudes come to your church this year? They're going to be attracted, not by the preacher boy. They're going to be attracted by your testimony. Read this with me. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? They won't say, where did this wood, wood carpenter's boy get this, didn't they? Father, right now, we just thank you for the reign of your word and revelation that produces wisdom to give us our quantum leap supernatural advancement of testimonies. We call testimonies, thousands and thousands of testimonies, life stories of salvation and deliverance and healing, healing and financial breakthrough and promotions, God, and, and manifestations of dreams and visions and, and your will and your purpose and your plan and the great works we can do and judge rightly in our community and our nation to serve and to heal and to clothe and to feed and deliver the hungry in Jesus' mighty name. Give God a shout of praise. Go to number four. Go to number four. Prayer four. 
Father, we decree a quantum leap supernatural advancement of power upon our pastors, leadership, and church throughout this year. Let me tell you what you get with this preacher boy. You get what you pray, what you say. Speak it over me, Mark, Steph, and all the rest of us and the leaders and you'll get it. Here's what the scripture says. Read it with me. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down Aaron's beard. That's the priest, the pastor. Down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there, for there, for there, the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. Father, right now we proclaim a decree of a quantum leap, supernatural advancement of power upon the pastors, the leadership, and every person in the Bethel family. God, we declare how good and pleasant it is for your anointing that breaks every yoke to come down through our lives and out of each believer here into our community. God, we thank you that you have the robe of righteousness on us. We thank you that we have your spirit, the dew of Hermon on us. We thank you that where we are, your blessing is where we are your blessing is where we are your blessing is it's life evermore in Jesus name give me the next one is this it five is this where at oh yeah I love this one I told you my number one job is to protect unity you may not want to pray this it could be talking about you so be careful Prayer number five. Prayer number five. Father, plead the cause of this church and fight against them that fight against her. Quantum leap, supernatural advancement, growth this year. The scripture we call God is this. Plead my case, O Lord with those who strive with me. Fight against those who fight against me. It's not good to touch God's anointed. Is anybody in here anointed? Are you anointed? Then it's not good to touch you either. So you don't just pray, you say. I just say, touch me not, because it'll be bad for you. I mean it. I, I ain't playing I forgive you before you do it anyway because I know how this game works. When you learn that, you won't be walking around offended and so pensive and insensitive, you know. You'll walk around like a king and a queen, someone in authority. Father, we thank you. We proclaim and plead the cause of this church, the vision of Bethel and all those churches attached to us and ministries attached to us. And God, we know you will fight against no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We will do your will. We will do your plan. Nothing can stop this church in this earth. No scheme, no attack, 
no plan, no financial attack, no lies, no physical or spiritual attack, no weapon formed against this church can prosper. We are anointed and we have a quantum leap, supernatural advancement and multiplication this year and every year beyond. Anybody in here feel just a little bit more anointed right now? What if you got up and just said this out loud, these little seven things every morning? Number six, we only got two more. Tell Gertrude to calm down. Her, that's her mouth, not her stomach growling. Number six, Father, open the eyes of every Bethel family member to the reality of the quantum leap supernatural provisions available to us this year. There are provisions available, financial provisions, health provisions, re restoring of relationships provisions. God has made provisions for you. But, but you, you got to pray it and you got to say it. We declare Ephesians 1.18. Say this with me. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people what if you got a glimpse to his holy calling in your life right now what if you get a glimpse of the way he sees you right now what if you thought about yourself what he thinks about you right now father we just make this proclamation Open our eyes, Lord. Open the eyes of me and every one of us to a whole new realm. A quantum leap, supernatural, advanced revelation. Open it up, God, that we hear you, that we see you, and that we don't miss you, and we speak what you speak, and we love what you love, and we hate what you hate, and we're for what you're for, and we're against what you're against, because we're your kids, we're your children, we're your anointed ones in this earth, and we want to manifest your inheritance. We want the world to see you. We want them to see your power, your love, your faith, your hope in Jesus name. Give him a shout. Number seven and this is it. Hallelujah. Woo. Prayer seven. Y'all quitting on me? I'm the one sweating up here. Prayer seven. Father, by the blood of Jesus, give us the lost for our inheritance. Give us the lost for our inheritance. And the uttermost parts of the earth for our possession all through this year. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance. The ends of the earth, your possession. Father, by the blood of Jesus, we declare now, give us the loss for our inheritance. Multitudes, multitudes from every nation, every continent, every people group. Give us your addicted, give us your sick, give us your broken, give us your twisted and messed up and lonely. Give us the most defeated, broken, heartbroken people ever. 
bring them to us, Lord. Bring them to us for inheritance. Give us the up and out. Everybody thought it was, they had it together and they're ready to commit suicide. Bring them to us, God. Bring us all the ups, the in-betweens, and the downs. We want them all for our inheritance. We want them all. If somebody else don't want to reach them, we'll reach them. If some other church don't want to love them, we'll love them. If someone else don't want to hang with them, we'll hang with them. If someone else don't want to invest in them, we'll invest in them. If someone else don't want to serve them, we'll serve them. We will make a difference, God, because you called us and anointed us and marked us difference makers. In Jesus' name. Come on. Shout, I'm a difference maker. Come on. Shout, I'm a difference maker. Say, I'm a difference maker. I'm a difference maker. Say, say, hey, devil. Devil. Devil, you, you must not know me. You picked the wrong fight. I'm a difference maker. And you under my feet. So get out of my life, out of my kids' life, out of my checking, out of my bank account, out of my job, out of my house, off my lawn out of my cat and dog. Just go! Just tell him to go! So I think I'll just let you sit down. I think I'll preach part two. Like Paul, he preached and the guy fell off the second floor and died. Had to take intermission just to go raise him from dead and he got back up and preached again. We want what they had in the book of Acts. But God said, that's a lower level. <clears throat> but will we even pay the price that they paid to get what they got? How are we going to get what God has for us if we don't up the ante? If you're not part of the Bethel group page, you just need to get a part of it. Hallelujah. I'm going to be on there in the morning for about 15 minutes. And I'm going to take you through a few more prayers. Then I might have me or somebody else. I think for the next 14 days, we're going to be on there in the morning. We'll give you a little heads up when. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to lead you in prayer. And we're going to do it just like this. We just, this is what I do. We just read these scriptures and pray. All I got to do is pray and say. Question is, what are you praying? And what are you saying? 